Welcome in, welcome in to Face to Face Sports, coming at you live from the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on Emory and Henry's campus. This is WEHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove, and I'm excited to bring you this third edition of Face to Face Sports, a show which discusses all of the latest sports news, both nationally and locally. During this time, I enjoy giving my opinions and takes on all the biggest events happening in the sports world. You may like my takes, you may not, you may like my opinions, you may not, but if you don't, you're more than welcome to scream at me through your radio if need be. Regardless, we have a lot to talk about. We got NBA Finals action, college baseball, and softball tournament talk. I told you last week that a champion would be crowned, and it did happen in the form of the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. More on that later. Exciting action in the sports world. Like I said, lots to talk about, so stay tuned, and let's get started. We're going to begin this show as we have in the previous two editions. We're going to talk some NBA Finals action. The Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors are deadlocked at two games apiece. As a basketball fan, you wouldn't want it any other way. As a Celtic or Warriors fan, you probably want your team to wrap the series up as quickly as possible. But listen, great performances by many of the players in this series so far. Steph Curry gave you a series-high 43 points last Friday night in Game 4, but we'll be talking about more on that later. Let me first take you back to last Wednesday night, where Game 3 was played in front of a sellout Boston crowd. It was the first time since 2010 that the city of Boston saw their Celtics play in an NBA Finals, and they would not be disappointed. Two really were battling it out after the first three quarters of Game 3, with Boston leading at 93-89. to But then the Celtics really put their play into high gear in the final period. They outscored the Warriors by 12 and held them to only 11 points in the final period to win 116-100. Once again, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum absolutely took over in the game, while also limiting their turnovers, which is huge in my opinion. Tatum had 26 while Brown had 27, and Marcus Smart gave them a huge boost as well as he tallied 24.7 rebounds and 5 assists. Tatum, Brown, and Smart would make history when the game was done, becoming the first trio since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Cooper in the 84 Finals to all have at least 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists in an NBA Finals game. Boston as a team just completely outscrapped and outhustled the Warriors. The Celtics won the rebounding battle 47 to 31 when it was all said and done and grabbed 15 offensive rebounds as a team, which obviously gave them second chance shots. Watching the game and the series so far, it's just very clear that the Warriors have Virtually no one to stop Robert Williams and Al Horford from cleaning glass. Starting fives for both teams just do not compare size-wise down low. Draymond and Looney, who are both around 6'6", 6'9", just can't contain Horford and Williams, who are both around 6'9", themselves. And of course, Tatum and Brown have proven to be very good rebounders themselves, as each are grabbing seven a game, really taking advantage of Clay Thompson, who is still looking a step behind in this series. Still not 100% in my opinion. You hate to see it. Additionally, Draymond Green, who has had a very tough series, was just ineffective on the night. Uh, in, the, in Boston, the crowd had some choice words for him. Uh, in Game 4 as well, but in Game 3, it's when it began. Uh, by the end of Game 3, he had more fouls than any stat line as he fouled out with 6 fouls after posting 2 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. Steph Curry had another good night, posting 31 points. He had 15 in the third quarter alone. 
the final period, he just ran out of steam. It also looked like he had a leg injury with around four minutes left in the game after he dove for a loose ball. A freak accident there. Al Horford fell on top of them, and uh, Curry would be out the rest of the ball game. Not as serious as many believed it was, though. Well, the game was coming to a close. The entire Warriors team just looked defeated. I was watching that television, and and they looked like the series was over. I mean, Curry was in pain. Klay Thompson had another tough night down the stretch shooting, and Draymond had one of his worst playoff games. They had been completely out-hustled all night, uh, particularly in that final period, and worst of all, they only had 48 hours to get their minds right for Game 4 once again, which was in that hostile Boston crowd. But I, as well as many of you, were probably shocked at the events that unfolded during Friday night's game. The game was thrilling throughout. The game was swinging back and forth. Uh, after three, the Warriors were up to one, 79-78, thanks in large part to Steph Curry, who was absolutely torching the Celtics, having 33 points up to that point. Fast forward midway through the fourth, seven and a half minutes to go in the game. You guys probably remember this. Boston leading, or excuse me, Boston leading 91-86 after a Marcus Smart free throw. It's here we see the call of the series so far. Warriors coach Steve Kerr takes out Draymond Green and replaces him with Kavon Looney. Obviously struggling, Green comes out. He sits out for the next five minutes, and this ended up being the spark the Warriors needed. Facing another loss possible 3-1 series deficit, and what a run they go on to finish the game. Klay Thompson hits a set of shots. Andrew Wiggins grabs a pair of offensive rebounds and scores a few baskets off of them. And Steph Curry hits a nice floater, which gives them the lead, 97-94, a 13-3 scoring run with Draymond on the bench. By the time he came back with a few minutes remaining, the Celtics just shockingly continued to crumble as Golden State would go on another run. This time it was a a 10-3 run to give them a 107-97 win, tying the series at 2. What can you say about this game? First of all, a bold call on the part of Steve Kerr to set out one of his starters and an experienced championship player at that uh, when they were trailing by 5. Secondly, shocking collapse on the part of the Boston Celtics. You're up by a few points at home. Momentum has swung your way, and you're eyeing a possible 3-1 series lead. And going back to Golden State in Game 5 to possibly win it, which would have been tonight. Uh, but in that those final five and a half minutes, they only scored six points, missed eight shots. Um, also not didn't get to the free throw line. Uh, for the game as a whole, their, their rebounding failed them as well. After out-rebounding the Warriors 47-31 in Game 3, as I mentioned earlier, they gave up 55 rebounds to their 42 Warriors really showed a lot of hustle. Uh, Wiggins grabbed 16, uh, including two huge offensive boards down the stretch, as I mentioned. I believe that was a career high, uh, both playoffs and regular season for Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins gets 16. Looney gets 11. Curry grabs 10 to go along with his, his big scoring night. And uh, between games 3 and 4, the rebounding department was like night and day. Uh, Celtics aces Brown and Tatum, they shot a combined 4 of 12 in the final quarter and, and couldn't get to that free throw line. Just a rough way to finish. Um, but let's talk about that huge performance from Curry. 43 points was his final total. His second ever 40-point finals game. The other one being to, in 2019 to Toronto where he had 47. Uh, 43 was his final total. And uh, throughout the game, I, I'm telling you, I thought he was really carrying the Warriors offensively. 
Um, I really haven't seen a reliable second option all series long. Wiggins was good, I think, in terms of answering the call on the glass. Uh, but in terms of scoring, Curry has been the only consistent one. And uh, when you consider when you consider he's really been the only cons- the consistent one, it's pretty remarkable the series is tied 2-2 right now because I feel like the Celtics have really outplayed the Warriors in a lot of departments. I, I'm looking. I'm even looking at the the Warriors scoring averages and and uh, Thompson and and Wiggins both are combining for a total of 30 and. Curry's giving you 34 himself. It's just remarkable what he's doing right now. Um, there's already talk that if the Warriors lose this, this series, they're still going to give the finals MVP to Steph Curry. Um, so tonight's uh, this this all leads us to tonight's game. It's going to be really, really intriguing. Starting at 9 o'clock Eastern, Warriors and Celtics back in San Francisco for Game 5. The winner will hold a commanding 3-2 lead and a chance to end things back in Boston for Game 6. Uh, I really can't tell you what's going to happen. Uh, I was thinking in the middle of Game 4 that the Celtics were really going to uh, outplay the Warriors from from there on out. They looked confident, um, really outscrapping them. And uh, But now I don't know. Uh, here's the positive for Boston fans. Celtics have yet to lose in this postseason. Uh, in fact, they seem to play their best after a loss. Uh, on average, Celtics win their games by over 14 points. Um, after a loss in this year's postseason. They've also shown resolve better than any other team. Uh, the Celtics have been uh, deemed the war- road warriors as well. Uh, they've won eight of their 11 away games uh, this postseason. Um, that's that's no easy task in the in the NBA. Uh, but but for the Warriors, I, I don't believe that Curry can can carry them the whole way. If they want to win tonight, they need someone else to step up in a big way. Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, they, they played pretty well in Game 4. But with the way Boston can come back, they may have to pick up their scoring loads uh, some more and give Curry some help in that department. Um, I, I think it's been a great series overall. Um, as I've said, if you're a basketball fan outside these two teams, you couldn't ask for better. Uh, tied 2-2, pivotal game five uh, is tonight. Uh, listen, if you haven't checked the series out yet, uh, why not tonight? Uh, could bring some great action. Uh, even this point total between the two is separated by one point uh, after four games. The Warriors are leading the total point total, 422 to 421. Pretty incredible, as close as it gets. We're going to take a little break, but when I return, we'll be discussing the NCAA champion Oklahoma softball team. The dynasty continues. Stay with us. You're listening to WHC 90.7. Y'all, this place is wild. And sometimes wild comes in tiny, tiny little packages, like insects. One of E.O. Wilson's most famous quotes puts us in our place. He said, if all mankind were to disappear, the world would regenerate back to the rich state of equilibrium that existed 10,000 years ago. But if insects were to vanish, the environment would collapse into chaos. And insects do way more for us than just pollinate. Insects also serve as an important source of food for other animals. In fact, one tiny little nest of baby chickadees will eat 8,000 caterpillars before they grow up and fly away. So put away that can of bug killer and learn more about the tiniest and arguably most important element of the ecosystem. Find links to learn more on the ENH Wild Campus Facebook page. Stay curious! Brought to you by the Holston Rivers Chapter of Virginia Master Naturalist. Oh, 
Support for WEHC comes from Snow's Fine Meats and Provisions, a neighborhood butcher shop in downtown Abingdon specializing in locally sourced pasture-raised proteins, handmade deli items, and specialty goods. Open Tuesday through Saturday and online at Snow's Fine Meats, 160 East Main Street, Abingdon. Snow's Fine Meats, bringing the old-fashioned butcher shop experience to your table. I heard the voice of a pork shop saying, come on, don't be at risk. Well, you talk about your stewing beans, I know what's the best. Welcome back into Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7. I'm your host, Jordan Dove. If you're just now tuning in, I was just discussing games three and four of the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. That series has been swinging back and forth like crazy. They're tied 2 2. Game five is tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Pivotal game, so check it out. Now switching gears to the NCAA, you don't say the Oklahoma Sooners softball team has won another national championship under head coach Patty Gasso, an absolutely dominant run by the team, one of the best ever, as they finished the season 59-3. and The title was captured this previous Thursday with their 10-5 victory over Texas. Texas was up 2-0 after three innings, but the Sooner girls would score 10 unanswered runs in the next three innings. Catcher Kinsey Hansen and shortstop Grace Lyons each homer during the run to bring in six runs total. Additionally, Oklahoma pitcher Jordy Ball would earn her 22nd win of the season as she allowed four hits in four innings. She finishes the year 22-1. and The win completed the sweep of the best-of-three series as the night before the Sooners won in dominant fashion, 16-1. to Sooners team as a whole is already being looked at as one of the all-time best, if not the best. The team led the nation in batting average, scoring, and ERA, and also set records as a team for the most home runs and runs in a Women's World Series, with 17 home runs and 64 runs. Both of these marks broke the previous records, set by who? The Oklahoma Sooners softball team of 2021, where they scored 15 home runs and 49 runs. Of course, this can in large part be attributed to the leader of the team, Jocelyn Alo, who is perhaps the greatest hitter in the history of NCAA softball. In 62 games and 165 at-bats this season, Alo hit 515 with 85 hits to go along with 34 home runs and 85 RBIs. As she says goodbye to the sport, she will definitely be remembered as possibly the best as she goes out winning another national championship, her and the team's second in a row. The legacy of head coach Patty Gasso, meanwhile, it's been written a while back, but it continues to grow. For her and her Sooners, they are a certified dynasty. Since 2012, Oklahoma has played in seven of the ten national championships, with Gasso's squad winning five of them, including the two previous. For her, it's her sixth championship overall, as her club won Oklahoma's first softball national title back in 2000. Overall, Gasso... Trails only Mike Kandera and Sharon Backus, who each won eight titles in their coaching careers, making dynasties of their own, Kandrea with Arizona and Backus with UCLA. This this year's Sooners teams is being ranked up there with a lot of their great teams, like the 1994 Arizona squad, which went 64-3, and the 2001 Arizona team that hit 126 home runs, and the 92 UCLA squad that lost just two games. 
And of course, they're also being compared to a lot of their own teams, a lot of Oklahoma's own teams from the previous decade. From a legacy standpoint, they could be the best. 40 of their 59 wins this season came through the run rule. Their total pitching, their total, their top pitching ace, excuse me, had around a one ERA. It was just an overall dominant season. I don't think anyone sees this train slowing down as the program, like any great program, pretty much recruits itself at this point. Uh, you also got the transfer portal, and that's always interesting to look at in the offseason. So uh, congratulations once again to head coach Patty Gasso for another incredible season. And Texas, a great season for them as well. Their first national championship appearance for their softball program. Obviously, everyone knows about how storied their baseball program is. Um, first, champ- or first championship appearance for them. Uh, great run. So with that being said, we're going to take another quick break and let you hear some messages. But when I return, I'll be recapping what has been going on with the NCAA Men's Baseball Tournament. It's about World Series time. Stay with us, WEHC 90.7 FM. Support for WEHC and Emory & Henry Football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company. Heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. Open daily in the Spring House 112 Court Street, Northeast, and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. Tumbling Creek Cider Company, serving the spirit of our community. This is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers. We're pleased to bring you another season of Poets and Writers, some new poets, some local poets, some national poets, and some fine writers, and also we have some screenwriters for you this this year. So tune in to Poets and Writers. We write poems every day in our hearts, but we're often afraid to share them. And if you send me a few lines to McCarthyHenry at Yahoo.com, we will put them on. So Poets and Writers, Henry McCarthy, don't forget us. Welcome back into Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7, a show detailing all the latest sports topics. I'm your host, Jordan Tove. Thank you for staying tuned in. Much of the same this week. We say goodbye until next year to NCAA softball. I was just discussing the Oklahoma softball team, which was recently crowned national champions. Congratulations to head coach Patty Gasso and their sixth national championship squad in Norman. Before that, I was discussing some more NBA Finals action. Series tied 2-2. Either the Celtics or Warriors will take the series lead tonight in Game 5. That game starts at 9 Eastern. Great, great series that has been, but now we have to switch gears from softball to baseball as many of the teams are advancing to the College World Series in Omaha. Over the weekend, we had six teams win their respective Super Regionals, which earned them a ticket to the World Series. The five overall seed, Texas A&M Aggies, were the first to advance as they defeated Louisville 4-3 to on Saturday to complete their sweep. Uh, that that uh, game on Saturday was really, really good. Uh, Aggies down 3-2 after 5. Uh, they score a run in both the 6th and 7th innings to give them the lead and eventually the win. Uh, the win advances Texas A&M to the College World Series for the first time since 2017. It is head coach Jim Schlossnagel's 6th World Series appearance, his first time with the Aggies as he previously took TCU to 5 World Series in the previous decade. And yesterday was a big day as five other teams advanced after winning their Super Regionals. Arkansas beat UNC in a memorable game in Chapel Hill, down 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth. Razorbacks' Braden Webb hit an infield sacrifice which tied the score. 
Immediately following Brady Slavin's walk-off hit up the middle, we give Arkansas a 4-3 victory. Devastating loss to the Tar Heels, but still a great season for them, as they did win the ACC tournament, as many of you remember. And down the Hattiesburg Super Regional, the Ole Miss Rebels shut out Southern Miss 5-0 to advance to the World Series for the first time since 2014. Pitcher Hunter Elliott threw seven and one-third innings of shutout ball while only allowing three hits and striking out ten. For Ole Miss's hitting, they would have ten hits and bat 303 on the day. Once again, great season for the loser, though. It was only the second time in the, pro- the program had won a regional, um, and of course, it's for uh, Southern Miss. And down in Greenville... Texas took that Super Regional to advance to their 38th College World Series appearance. A storied program there. They beat East Carolina 11-1 in the deciding game. Uh, the game was pretty much decided early on as the Longhorns were up 9-1 after two innings. Uh, Longhorns pitcher Tristan Stevens pitched six innings, giving up just five hits and one run, striking out five batters in the process. And for the Pirates, it's their second straight year losing in the Supers. And sad news for Virginia Tech and Tennessee fans, they could not take care of business in their series deciders yesterday as Virginia Tech lost to Oklahoma 11-2 and Tennessee lost to Notre Dame 7-3. Starting first with the Volunteers, they just could not seem to find rhythm against the Irish. On Friday, Notre Dame crushed a personal season best four home runs to win the game 8-6. Saturday saw Tennessee bounce back 12-4, but yesterday the Irish would seal the series coming back after trailing 3-1 after 6. The run start after Tennessee gave up back-to-back home runs to Notre Dame's Dave LaManna and Jack Brannigan. Tennessee could not answer back with runs of their own and would lose in their self-hosted Knoxville Super Regional. The Irish's 40th win on the year advances them to the World Series for the first time since 2002. Wow, 20 years. It's only the third time in their history they have advanced to the World Series. Notre Dame has absolutely been on fire this entire postseason. They advanced to the semifinals in the ACC tournament, obviously bowing out to UNC, who would go on to win. And then they swept their regional uh, and beat Tennessee 2-1 in the Super Regional. So congratulations to them as they advance. For Tennessee, I know it's tough volunteer fans. Obviously, they won to go to the World Series for the second consecutive year. Uh, They were strong all year, but hey, they won over 50 games, lost only 9. Won the regular season and conference tournament in the SEC for the first time since 95. Uh, We all know how tough SEC baseball is, so it was a good season. And we'll see what happens with them next season. And uh, congratulations to Notre Dame. For the Hokies... Heartbreak for them as well. On Friday, they would barely lose to Oklahoma 5-4. to Saturday, they regrouped and won 14-8, but yesterday they just not, did not have an answer as they lost to the Sooners 11-2. to It was it was 2-2 after three innings, but Oklahoma just got the bats going. They scored runs in all of the last six innings and tallied up 15 hits altogether. OU pitcher Cade Horton held the Hokies to just two hits and two runs through six innings. It's the Sooners' first trip to the College World Series since 2010, ending their own drought. Uh, they will try to join the ladies and win a crown there. For Virginia Tech, they're still searching for their first World Series trip in their program's history. But uh, once again, great historical season for them. They won their first regular season conference title since 2000, won their first ever regional. They had never been this far in the tournament. Um, 45 wins on the year. Memorable year for head coach John Sheff and his ball club. 
this previous season may have Virginia Tech a destination as a, de- a top destination for incoming recruits. So I would personally continue to watch them as the future goes on. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to update on a lot of today's scores and also take a look at some local news. Stay with us, WEHC 90.7. <laughs> WEHC 90.7 FM brings you the Jukebox every weeknight from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Tune in to hear what your friends and people in the community are listening to. And for your turn on the Jukebox, send your 60-minute playlist to WEHC at ehc.edu. We'll be going wherever the music takes us. Welcome back in to Face to Face Sports here on WHC 90.7 FM. Quick update on some of today's scores. UConn taking on Stanford. The winner here advanced to the College World Series. They will be the seventh team to advance, either one. Right now it's looking like the Stanford Cardinal are going to take this. Obviously they're the number two overall seed, and they are hosting that Super Regional. They currently lead against UConn 9-4. That game is in the bottom of the sixth inning. And later tonight at 7.30, actually here in half an hour really, Auburn is going to take on Oregon State. The... The winner of that will move on. That's been a, a pretty good series so far. Auburn beat Oregon State seven to five in that first game on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday. And then uh, Oregon State answered back with a close and tight four three victory of their own. Once again, the winner of this will complete all of the teams going to the College World Series, and we'll know for sure who's going to be playing who. Uh, once again, score for Stanford and UConn. Stanford is up nine to four by the sixth. Auburn and Oregon State will uh, begin seven at 7.30 on ESPN2. And uh, let's look at some uh, some local news. This, uh, this broke a few hours ago. I want to take a moment to recognize Honaker's own Jordan Stout, who's officially signed with the Baltimore Ravens as their newest punter. Stout played college ball for Penn State. And uh, it has had had his name in this year's NFL draft. He was selected in the fourth round, making him the first punter chosen. And uh, a few hours ago, he signed his rookie contract. Contract is estimated to be around $4.3 million with a signing bonus of $697,000. Congratulations to Jordan. Can't wait to see you there in the pros. And continuing in local news, both Abingdon and John Battle lost their state baseball finals. The Falcons were one out away, leading Liberty Christian Academy 5-4 in the 7th in the 3A title. Liberty Christian's Lane Duff hit a 2-RBI single to win them the state championship. It was their first lead of the game, but Abingdon fans should feel confident as much of the roster will return next season. And the Trojans lost to Appomattox 4-2 in the Class 2 state title. Appomattox led 4-0 after 4 before John Battle got on the board. Uh, but as with as with Abingdon, you know, this is a young team. 12-17 varsity players were freshmen and sophomores, so you can expect to see much of this group next season. I think this is going to wrap up uh, face-to-face this week. As per usual in the sports world, another action-packed week is awaiting us. We'll be crowning another champion next week as the NBA Finals will have concluded then. Uh, Tune in next week, same day, same time, Monday at 6.30, and I'll once again dive into all the action. Privilege, as always, be speaking to you all. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is Face to Face Sports, WEHC 90.7, signing out.